0: How did we get here as Americans where a lot of our statistics uh, look really dismal?
1: Welcome to the Happy Home birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers. I am currently enjoying all of the newborn snuggles on maternity leave. So I have some encore episodes for you for the next few weeks. Some of these episodes are from the very beginning of the podcast and I wanted to give them an opportunity to see new life, uh, to re-listen to these oldies but goodies and I hope that they bring you something new. Enjoy and I will see you back here after maternity leave. Have you ever been on a drive and say 15 minutes and you think to yourself, whoa, how did I get here? You realize you've lost your way and you need to turn it around and go back to the start. Hey there, happy homebirthers! And today we're talking about some important stuff. Don't we always? But really, in this week's episode, we'll be talking about the past. We're taking a look at the past, the history of midwifery, and women's care as it pertains specifically to the United States, and delving into some of the reasons that, compared to many other westernized countries, women and babies in the U.S. have abysmal outcomes. We'll be sharing just how lost we've become when it comes to maternity care and how we should really turn this car around. It's a lot to unpack, but my guest... Well, guess, plural, if you count her cat, who was just desperate to provide some input. But my main guest is up for the task. Janelle Allier is a certified nurse midwife local to me and one of the coolest women around. As she'll explain momentarily, she's worked with moms and babies in a number of capacities, and she recently opened her own home birth practice, Paris Mountain Midwifery. Her general birth philosophy and her ownership of a mug with boobs on it are two reasons that I aspire to be like her, and they're like not the weird, creepy, perky, fake boobs. They're like real women boobs. It's great. I love that mug. Anyway, she's all around cool, and I'm honored to have her on the podcast today. I'm starting to feel like this intro will either solidify our friendship or cause her to pursue a restraining order against me, and either might be a valid choice. Okay, that's it. Please remember that the opinions of my guests might not necessarily reflect my own, especially the cats. And although Janelle is clearly the finest midwife this side of the Mississippi and probably the other side too, neither one of us are acting as your care provider. So continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Janelle, my friend, thank you for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I am so excited to have you because we are switching it up today, not having a birth story, but talking about how the heck we got here in midwifery, especially in the United States compared to what's going on globally. So before we jump into this amazing discussion,
0: would you just take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. So my name is Janelle Allier. I am a nurse midwife in South Carolina. Um, I have been taking care of moms and babies since 2008. I was a labor and delivery nurse for eight years and then became a midwife. Um, And then just last year opened my own practice and started doing home birth. Prior to that, I was working with a group of midwives. I had seven partners and we um, did birth inside the hospital and then in a birth center. And the birth center, sadly, closed last year. Um, That kind of coincided with I had my first baby last year. And when I heard that the birth center was closing, I kind of knew, we're not, you know, our options are getting more limited here. And it just felt like the right time to kind of do my own thing. So I opened my own practice um, in the fall of 2019. Um, and have been doing that since.
1: Very exciting. And so you have really seen the whole gamut of birth, you know, starting off in labor and delivery. What was that like, you know, experiencing birth from that perspective and then kind of transitioning to nurse midwifery within the hospital setting and then the birth center and then now this
0: new home birth setting. Okay. So yeah, we were just talking pre-interview a little bit about my experience of, um, working in the hospital. And so I've been in practice for 12 years and just locally where I am the landscape of like what birth looks like in my local hospital changed so much. So, I was telling you, Caitlin, how when I became a labor and delivery nurse, I don't really know that I knew exactly what a midwife was. Um, birth looked very much, um, what's the word? It just was very much like streamlined. Mm-hmm. So everybody got hooked up. Every woman was in the bed. I mean, we didn't have water birth. We didn't have midwives. um, and then a couple of years in to being my um, being a labor and delivery nurse, really, I think it was sort of motivated financially as it usually is, of course. So the hospital started to realize that they were missing out on this whole population of women who, who would have thought wanted options. What? <laughs> right. So they started um, bringing in consultants to train the nurses. And um, I remember this one woman, came and talked about labor support and the nurses just like mocked it. It was like, we don't need this. You know, we've been doing this for all these years. And like, what, what do you think we're going to do with these birth balls or whatever? You know, <laughs> What is this peanut? Yeah. Like, what? What do you, we don't need this peanut ball, you know? And we, I remember when we got them, we had just like a couple and I would always hide them in my rooms because I, I was like, this works, you know? <laughs> and was kind of secretly like excited about it. Um, and then the, then the, the, um, we got a, the local midwifery practice opened up and it was just a couple of midwives at the time. That was the group that I actually worked for and just recently left to open my own practice, but, um, they brought water birth with them to the hospital And I got kind of interested in that. The nurse manager kind of noticed like, okay, Janelle's into this. So let me send you to train in North Carolina to kind of champion the water birth thing. So I was one of the only nurses who was like kind of excited about the changes going on. And I do remember like when I first started labor and delivery nursing, learning to do like epidurals and, you know, this woman is sitting up and you're kind of like holding her in your arms and she's just trembling, like just so afraid and um, you know, I just remember like having thoughts like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to have a family, but if I do, like, there's gotta be a better way. And so I think that was kind of always like in the cards for me. I always say midwifery found me. It wasn't like something that I knew about or was clever and like, like figured out. It just kind of, I was in the right place at the right time. And, um, when I, you know, started to become interested in, in offering women different options like within the the hostel setting at my in my workplace. It was just like, whoa, like this whole new world opened up to me. And then that was happening so like the culture was starting to change and then um I have a twin sister who was having her first baby at the time. And she's a hairdresser and someone in her chair, just a client gave her a copy of anime's guide to childbirth. <laughs> so I'm like, what is this? What are you reading? You know? And then it was like, Oh, this is how it's supposed to be, you know? And then I had never really been totally pleased with being a nurse. If I'm being really honest, like I remember even being in nursing school and my classmates being like, yeah, we're going to be nurses. This is so awesome. You know? And I was thinking, oh man, I really kind of don't like this, but but here I am. yeah, well, and then you put so much work in and my dad was paying. So I'm like, I got to finish, you know, I'm going to get this like bachelor's degree. Like I'm going to do this thing and hopefully I'll figure out something that works for me. And, and so I thought when I got done, like, well, women's health is, I could probably stand to do that. So let me start with that and just kind of see like how it goes. And so I right out of school started in labor and delivery and that was right where I was supposed to be. And so then, it, when I kind of started figuring out, like, I always knew I'd go back to school. At first, I thought maybe I'll teach nursing. And then the midwifery world kind of opened up to me, and it was like, this is why I'm a nurse. Like, I'm supposed to be a midwife. Um, and it kind of took off from there and went back to school. And um, so I kind of got to, like, grow up as a nurse and as a midwife during a time when, like, that culture was shifting a lot in our community. Um, and the hospital was, you know, wanting to bring in, um, more options for women so that, so that they weren't missing out on like, they only offered one thing, you know, we're only offering this one way of childbirth when women are kind of demanding more of their healthcare as they should. So let's bring on midwives and water birth and all these things. So now you can do that, you know, in our local hospital where before it was like not even something that we'd ever heard of. Right. So things have changed a lot just in like the the 12 years that I've been around doing this, like in this community. Um, and so when funny story, I guess, for the listeners, Caitlin, when you asked me like, Oh, let's do a podcast. Like, what are you interested in? Or I was like, Oh, whatever. Well, we can talk about whatever birthy thing you want. And then I started blowing up Caitlin's phone. Like, <laughs> Oh, well, we could do postpartum or we could do this, or we could talk about, you know, the history of midwifery. And then we kind of landed on, How did we get here? And what I think that we mean by here as like a topic to talk about is, um, so how did we get here as Americans where a lot of our statistics, uh, look really dismal? And so birth is universal, right? Like you don't know anyone, not born of a woman. Um, babies are born, they come out the same that does, it's kind of a constant and globally, um, women just have their babies, but birth in America can look a lot different than other places in the world. And it's like, no matter what statistic you're looking at. So, um, our C-section rates are through the roof. So we have a 30 to 35% cesarean rate when the world health organization since the eighties, like our entire lifetime, we have known that the medically necessary cesarean rate, according to the world health organization. So that's international, um, is, should be more like 10 to 15%. Right. That's what they estimate the number of cesareans that are like medically necessary. So why in America are we so far off from that? Um, the CDC just put out their report on, um, maternal mortality and morbidity with some really disturbing statistics. Um, probably the most disturbing one is that black women in America have a 2.5 times greater chance of dying in childbirth than a white woman. Mm. Um, and that's nothing new, right? So it's getting buzzed right now. Like we're talking about it, but that didn't just like happen overnight, you know? And that says, I think we're like a patriotic society where we're like, yeah, America, we're awesome. But when you kind of get down to it and realize that we don't take great care of our moms and babies, that says a lot about where we are. And so how did we get here? Like it didn't just happen. How did how did it happen? And so I think we'll probably get excited and go on a lot of rabbit uh, trails. Really but, excited. <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of what we're gonna try to um flush out today. And so from my perspective like as a midwife midwifery is pretty significant in that story so we're going to talk a lot about history of midwifery and how that kind of plays into like what our what our maternity care looks like now well thank you for sharing
1: your history that makes it really great to understand where you're coming from and your perspective of kind of how you got here and what you've seen in our own little microcosm of mm-hmm. the world so let's dive in. I am really excited to hear what you think about, like in in the terms of how did we get here? Where did the where did we go wrong? Like, what was it like before? and how has it changed?
0: Yeah. Um, well, so I'm not necessarily like an expert in the history of midwifery. I mean, we had to learn a lot of that in school um, and a lot of it, the truth is a lot of it's like pretty recent. Mm. So, I mean, you can go like way far back to like ancient Greece, Hippocratic Oath, that kind of thing. Um, as far as like that far back in history, I think um, one of the important things to note is that... Um, so in ancient history, ancient societies, women were valued um, as healers. So in their community, they're really held, like, in high regard as they're the ones giving care and, um, like, cherished for their knowledge and nurture of the physical body. Mm. Um, and I would argue with that when that mindset began to change, like, that in a way could have been the beginning of the end Um, and beginning of the dark ages. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, in a way, I mean, um, and it didn't, it didn't necessarily correspond with like the the dawn of like medicine and modern medical knowledge, it more corresponded with like religious and theological changes that were happening at Mm -hmm. the time. So, you know, you like you have Protestants fighting their religious wars and also like burning the witches Mm -hmm. who were women healers. Um, And so that's kind of the beginning of some of the knowledge probably that had been gained over time, um, kind of disappearing. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever gotten into like those stories, but I mean, and they're not always like, they don't make any sense sometimes because it'll be like for a good outcome. So it's like, oh, this person was just like on their deathbed or whatever. And then we bring in this like midwife and she's the only one that had the, the knowledge or like the, whatever, the magic <laughs> to, to help. And so, oh, she must be a witch, you know, and it's like, well, She just had some elderberry syrup. I mean, yeah, like, come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, and she saved the life. Like right. the outcome was good, but that must have been, you know, like not from God. And, and so like that fear, um, that kind of was going on with like the religious and theological changes um, before even medicine was really in the picture as we know it today anyways modern medicine. Um, so I think like society just becoming patriarchal in a lot of ways was sort of um, it's I think we still feel the effects of that today mm. mm-hmm.
1: right Yeah and I mean it, I always think about just, a mother's intuition. Like Mm -hmm. I just think of my mom and how there have been times when she has called me in the middle of the night and said, you know, are you okay? And something actually was going wrong or Mm -hmm. it's happened to my brother. And Mm -hmm. just viewing women from that intuitive place, there's something to that. Yes. So the fact that that has been suppressed, you still see it But I understand that you know I I get what you're saying. Like it has been so deeply suppressed for such a long time.
0: Yeah, and it's sort of like part of like we don't know the world to be any different. Mm -hmm. So, when you know women and like little girls today, like that's kind of what you know. You might not even realize that that's valuable about a valuable part of of your feminine, you know, of being a woman, like you don't even consider it. Um because, you know, you might not have been taught. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that I think I think still plays into like um because childbirth, you know, is sort of like a woman in her power, right? But if Mm -hmm. she doesn't know she has any Then what's she gonna do? Right. She can't tap into it. She doesn't know to tap into it. Yeah, yeah. So um, but as far as like American history goes, um, like colonial America, new nation, you know, actually I was thinking about when I was thinking about talking about midwifery and colonial America, I was reminded of, so my husband and I, um, ended up in Boston about a year and a half ago and we were just being funny talking about like what kind of like characters we would be in colonial America. <laughs> Yes. Go on. Yeah. So I was like, he'd be that guy who's like loyal to the King until he's eventually banished. You know, he was not, you know, and he, he's like, yeah, you're probably right. You know? And then he said about me, like you would have been all about all up in that, throwing some tea into the Harbor, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't have been as a woman, but, but, you know, I kind of have that like little streak in me. And then, then he's like, but actually, no. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have had a chance to to tea party because you, they would have burned you at the stake for being a witch, like <laughs> way before that. You know, you
1: would have been burned to a crisp. I would have been boy. long gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of funny, but um, in colonial America, right? So the the um, childbirth attendants were midwives, and or maybe not even like a midwife that was officially a, a community midwife, but um, it definitely like women Mm -hmm. so family matriarchs and um friends it was like a really communal kind of event for those women you know kind of to take care of each other and um you know I was also talking a little bit pre-interview about I learned I didn't really realize that there was sort of um before it was like Okay, there's midwifery, and now we have obstetrics, and obstetrics kind of takes over. There was sort of like a long period of time where men were, so so medicine is kind of um, taking off, and by like the 1800s, medical schools are really proliferating, physicians are organizing, so it's becoming like a, a thing, a profession to be a physician, right? Um, but obstetrics was really not a thing at all. It wasn't like, oh, we have midwives, but now we have obstetricians. It was more like we have midwives and, um, physicians or like men are not really welcome in childbirth. Um, that would have been like scandalous or sort of seen as, um, inappropriate, you know? So there's kind of a chunk of time there where the physicians like really aren't trying to even get in on birth at all. Mm -hmm. And then um, in the early 19th century uh, was when they kind of started to realize, oh, well, you know, we can charge a fee. And so this is if we deliver a baby, this is a a procedure. This is something that we can, you know, we could get in on. Um, But at the time, so in the early 19th century, almost all babies were still born at home. Um, and half of them were attended by midwives and the other half was attended by like general practitioner physicians. Um, so even as recent as like 120 years ago, um, we didn't have obstetricians. So midwifery absolutely predates medicine. It also predates like obstetrics, right. um, which surprisingly, I mean, that makes sense to us, right? Cause we're like sort of in that birth world, but some people might not know that right Or might not think of like, it i mean it's a new thing for yeah. a lot of people yeah yeah i i even remember like learning about like um being in midwifery school and like kind of realizing that like midwives were like in the bible mm-hmm. <laughs> so what is it in genesis that's the first recorded words spoken by a midwife which are oh i don't remember their names oh is it not exodus so exodus was the story about moses's the... midwives yeah where they uh were told to uh, oh kill all the first, mm-hmm. the, kill all the male children born to the Hebrew women. And they didn't. They they lied. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they just have their babies too fast. Yeah, they're too <laughs> vigorous. And we just can't get there to, like, follow this command. Um, which is, like, actually a lot of people know about that passage because it's sort of, like, um, one of the only examples in the Bible of where, like, something considered, like, the wrong thing to do or considered like a sin, like to tell mm-hmm. a lie was actually the right thing to do, um, because then it goes on to say that they feared God and they were rewarded mm-hmm. um, for their faithfulness. but in Genesis, um, there's a midwife mentioned I think when Rachel is giving birth, and mm. she says, "Fear not, fear not for you will be delivered you know and so that's the first recorded words we have spoken by a midwife is like Genesis, right the so beginning that yeah, that was quite a while ago. <laughs> In some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So midwifery, you know, absolutely predates predates medicine and obstetrics, and um, um, and then you know, I guess the point I'm making now is that is that medicine also predates obstetrics. So we had kind mm-hmm. of the dawn of modern medicine before we had obstetricians because that just wasn't like culturally considered something that would be. Um, appropriate until kind of like the turn of the century and and now we're in the the 1900s so okay i'm thinking about where
1: you're talking about like okay midwives were attending the births even though there were already doctors the doctors Mm. weren't attending because males weren't going to be At a birth, because that's scandalous.
0: Yeah, it took a while for that, like, cultural shift to to take place, Mm -hmm. and so by, like, early 19th century, we had half of births attended by doctors, but that didn't happen overnight. Right. Mm -hmm. It took a while. And
1: then, when hospitals, like, Mm -hmm. when it became the thing to go to the hospital, is that when it was just pretty, pretty much the switch?
0: Yeah, so that that sort of happened like because the the physicians kind of figured out like that we want in on this, so it's like the nineteen or at that point it'd be like the late 1800s when medical schools are really kind of taking off, booming, yeah, I mean, we've had the civil war now we have railroads and light bulbs and phones, you oh. know, where you can get a hold of the doctor and that kind of stuff um, so the physicians just were really becoming more organized as a profession. Um, and more educated, mm-hmm. so women were not included in that, right? This is right. still a time when women don't own property, they don't vote, you know, they're um, domestic workers, really. If, if you know, they work, it, it, they don't, they don't work a, jo- a job like a physician, mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, and then another thing I learned too, like the first cesarean was at the very end of the 18th century. Well, I don't have a great source for that. I read that somewhere <laughs> online. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the first cesarean, but in America, right. the first cesarean is credited to have happened in Boston in um, 1894. So, you know, and that's kind of a time when like we're just starting to see obstetricians start to become interested in, hey, like we could make childbirth. Yeah, part of like medic medicine. So were were
1: there like general, family doctor, general practitioners, uh, delivering babies at hospitals before obstetrics became a thing or once it was like kind of in that hospital area, it was obstetrics, like Yeah, we, so
0: we didn't have a lot of hospitals. There were like um, infirmaries mm-hmm. and that kind of thing where you like went but didn't probably come out of kind of right. thing. Um, so <laughs> hospital, yeah, yeah. Right. Hospitals started to come along like around the same time as the physicians started to kind of come along and, and become more educated and organized. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when, so when we've got midwives delivering about half of American babies and physicians delivering about half, that's still in the home. Right. Um, and then things kind of changed very quickly from there as the docs became more organized. Um, and so in, in, um, varney's history of midwifery like you can read they include some of the transcripts of like meetings with physicians where they would talk about their midwife problem they <laughs> got 99 problems yes yes and the midwives are all is of one. them yeah yeah <laughs> one is all yeah yeah so they're like they know we, they have this midwife problem and how can we deal with this this problem Um, one of the, I should have like put written down the quote, but there was one physician who said, um, that he felt like the answer to the midwife problem was quote, education of the ignorance. So who do you think the ignorance were? The mothers, right? So that was sort of like, um, a PR campaign, like, like women's magazines, things like that, where they would describe the midwives as like dirty, um, that's for poor people, Mm -hmm. Um, or they're foreign, you know, That right. at the time there were a lot of, um, immigrants, mm-hmm. right? From Europe and those women midwifery that came from all over. Um, but the, you know, they, so they're realizing that the midwives, um, Maybe they can't totally eliminate them because the communities trusted them, but they could be, you know, restricted and controlled. So there was kind of like the smear campaigns about like this is not really what you want. We've got this shiny new hospital um, with all these new tools and interventions like forceps and um anesthesia mm. was a big one. Um and so they, they also started to, to change the laws where um, it became illegal for the midwives to practice as they had you know previously just been free to do. Now there's these like, licensure laws. And so now if a midwife, if she could even attain, if she could even get licensure, she's a servant of the state now and not her community. Right.
1: How we, did, do you know anything about that process, about how they enforced that, how midwives would go about doing that if they wanted to at that time?
0: Yeah, I I know that it was just really effective mm-hmm. because at the time, you know, midwives were women mm-hmm. and they were often um European immigrants, indigenous midwives, mm-hmm. um black and black midwives, grand midwives in the southeast, um you know, of course, they had no rights. Mm-hmm. Um, women were not educated at the time. They were not allowed in college or in medical school. So they really didn't have any power as women. Right. Um, so it was
1: pretty much, like, impossible. It was like, yeah. you can do
0: it if you do this thing, yeah. but you actually can't do this thing. Yeah, <laughs> tricked you. <ya. laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it sort of like the laws became where the midwives were pretty effectively eliminated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and so... Once that happened, once midwives are are being eliminated, what is happening to birth? You know, what's, mm-hmm. what was that change like from having birth in the home, now we've got shiny things mm-hmm. at the hospital, what happened to birth?
0: Yeah, so... Um... I think a lot of, like, knowledge was lost because the physicians were not really collaborating with the midwives. So another thing that's included in those transcripts is, like, the physicians recognizing that the midwives were better than them. Right. So they're like, well, (laughs) they have better outcomes. uh, They know what they're doing. But we have the education and we have, you know, um, the physician can't be eliminated, but the midwife can be, you know, eliminated if needed. Wow. Um, so even though they, like, recognized that, that the midwives um, knew a lot and had decent outcomes, um, they, they didn't really collaborate. So at that time, obstetrics is sort of in its infancy. Mm-hmm. So it's not going great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they're kind of... They got this, like, learning curve now to kind of figure out, like, oh, how gosh. how is this done? And a lot of... Um, so a lot of deaths in the early 19th century are now attributed to anesthesia. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing that they kind of used to, like, um, say, you know, oh, we've got these great options where you can have a pain-free childbirth. And they would give morphine and scopolamine to women where... Um, Now we all know that (laughs) (laughs) narcotics and um, sedatives and labor, like, that, you don't really hurt less. Mm -hmm. You just care less that you're hurting. (laughs) You're just dizzy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So women would have amnesia and couldn't really remember their experience Mm -hmm. um, and were kind of treated in in ways that would be, like, really kind of considered abusive or barbaric and Um, they often went into the hospitals alone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's no spouse, husband, um, no one there to kind of protect them or have doulas. Right, right. Right, right. I mean that used to be just like the neighbor lady, you Mm -hmm. know, but Mm -hmm. now like I'm an empowered woman and I'm gonna go to the hospital for this anesthesia because you know, the doctor is telling me how wonderful it is, and, and then they don't remember their childbirth, so it's, it, it works in a way to the doctor's favor. And, um, it, yeah, so a lot of things were happening that weren't really safe, and it was also a time culturally when there wasn't a lot of accountability. Right. So families were just told, oh, they didn't survive because childbirth is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. So then you've got a generation of women who don't grow up, seeing birth or thinking, oh, this is a normal thing in the life cycle of a woman that I'm going to do one day. It's, you know, oh, we go to the hospital and hope, hope it goes okay. And this is fear, this dangerous thing that's happening there. And, um, so, so the culture around like birth and it moving into the hospitals happened pretty quickly. Um, And by the late 50s to early 60s, nearly all births were happening in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, that is so... That's such a dramatic end of Mm -hmm. seeing birth, you know, Mm -hmm. of birth just being a normal part of life. It's Mm -hmm. just been... Sequestered at this point, like it's gone. Yeah. Now we don't know anything about this process. Yeah. So, and then in the fifties and sixties, were there changes that were going on there, or?
0: Well, it was getting you know, safer from you know the early days when people were dying from anesthesia and um, that learning curve. You know, the doctors were getting better. Um, they're also getting better, at like antisepsis and things like that. So, like childbed fever and the things that were pretty dangerous to women in the hospital it was getting um, safer by that time Mm -hmm. um, compared to what it was before. And then, you know, time goes on. We've got some of like the women's movements in the 60s and the 70s to where for a couple of decades, like they've been losing their power in childbirth and they're kind of rallying now. Mm -hmm. Um, But by then the culture had shifted so dramatically that that was kind of radical. Right, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like... Um, you know, something to do if you were like a hippie or, you know, that's where we got on is mm-hmm. like right out of the sixties, seventies, <laughs> <70s>, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So there was some of that. And then in the eighties and nineties is really when, um, the cesarean rate straight up C section. Yeah. <laughs> section them all. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think in the last, um, 20 years we have kind of figured out that we've lost our way on a lot of things, Um, but it has been a hundred years since, you know, midwives were kind of wiped out as a profession and they've been kind of um, fighting their way back. And still, you know, there's not... um, Like, the profession of midwifery is more organized, but there's not... um, tons of money there where like scholarships and research and that kind of thing that happens pretty freely um in a an obstetrics midwifery has kind of just been behind mm-hmm. um, so even though you know in the last you know, 20 years we've probably come a long way figuring out like oh yeah breastfeeding we should be doing that. Oh, that and could be good. Yeah, great idea. And, um, you know, things like delayed cord clamping and, um, you know, being patient in labor or not cutting episiotomies or things like that are, like, coming back around to, like, oh, yeah, let's back to basics this is probably a pretty good idea. Right. Um, but it's kind of, like, clawing our way back at this point And the midwives are like, we have known this for a long time. Right. Yeah. It's really shocking to think about how dramatic
1: that shift was so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, from the point of birth, go moving to the hospital, to the 90s of... I mean, my mom had three C-sections and there really wasn't a valid reason. You know, yeah. like, it's it's pretty jarring to think... Of all of human history, Mm -hmm. we lost something so critical, at least in our country, Mm -hmm. so quickly. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like, yeah, things are getting, you know, people know what a midwife is sometimes. Yeah. So that's good. That's a good start. Right. They might have some options. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's just, it's really shocking to see like, whoa, we, we went pretty quickly there and there's a lot that we didn't, that just as a society didn't
0: know to yeah. think through, you know? Right. Or maybe you just culturally your cultural consciousness kind of takes over. Like I remember talking to my grandma about, um, she's like, Oh, you know your cousin wants to have that baby at the house. <laughs> and I'm like, Grandma, where were you born? She's like, Well, the house, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I mean it worked out for you and you're like twelve siblings or however many there were, you know. Um and It's like, I think we're just at that point where we need both. Like we really, to improve where we are now and to kind of like, like we started out talking about the global um, picture of childbirth, you know, to kind of get up to speed, we really need both. Like we need the things that modern medicine has to offer and the things that we've learned that can make birth safer. Um, but we need, you know, some of our traditions as well and midwifery um, knowledge and, um, you know, back, the, back to the basics, low interventions and respecting women's bodies and the, their ability to birth. And so what is that um, quote from Michel Odant? who's, he's French, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah? Yes. And he's like, like a traveler. <laughs> A traveler, you know, is if you're, you've lost your way, you go back to the beginning. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, so back to basics plus some of the, the things that we have learned over time could Mm -hmm. really improve, but it has to be, it has to be both. Right.
1: Yeah. And how do you think that, I mean, because we kind of hedged at this earlier, the idea that, I mean, it's things are driven by money. Mm -hmm. They just are. Mm -hmm. So as consumers, how do you think we
0: get more of these options or get a better balance? Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that consumer demand in our capitalistic environment is like the number one thing. And I think that, that really like the credit belongs to the women and the families of like, the changes for the better that we have seen more recently, I really think that that's because women have been, um, demanding more of their healthcare and seeking options. And, and, you know, that's kind of how it works is that, um, the consumer is a lot of times in charge. And so, um, I really think like that's sort of the number one thing in, Mm -hmm. um, changing, improving where we, where we are now. Um, I also think, you know, more midwives, we need more black midwives for sure. Um, actually in South Carolina, there's a really rich history of, um, they were called grand midwives, granny midwives at the time. Some people now feel that that's, um, kind of derogatory, but, um, back You know, in the first part of the 19th century, those were the women in our community that were delivering babies in in the community, and um, they knew how to take care of their communities. And I think that um, losing most of our midwives now are white women, um, which you know, you can, you can be an ally and you can do the work, but really we just need more black midwives, I think, who, um, know how to take care of their communities. And, and, um, with, you know, the statistics out now from the CDC, it's, it's like something needs to happen. And, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of helpless because it's like, what can you do while there's systemic racism, you know, that, a affects everything, and, and it's it's like even when they control for socioeconomic things, it's not like, oh, well, black women are poor, and that's why they have worse outcomes. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's just, it's just birthing while black right. is inherently more dangerous, um, so right. more midwives, more midwives of color, better integration of midwifery, you know, if we had, um, if it were easier for a woman who's going to deliver at home, you know, to go into the hospital, and that were more seamless, that would be safer. Right. Mhm um midwives in the hospital you know um it, there's a a recent Cochrane review where um they looked at um midwifery led teams in hospitals and those, those outcomes, those statistics, like they performed just as well. Mm-hmm. Um, no loss of safety, they performed actually better. So there's like all these outcomes of, um, babies with better AFGAR scores. I mean, you name it. When you bring in the midwives, those outcomes all improve. Right. And so, you know, when we're talking
1: about in America, the way that midwifery was wiped out and then in these other countries it wasn't so what is it like there what what are the birthing outcomes and how does that differ from where we are
0: so in almost all of the westernized world okay so i'm not talking about like underdeveloped poverty places you know we're talking about like westernized where what you would call a westernized country so almost all of Europe, Scandinavia, the UK, Australia, New Zealand. We, America, is at the very bottom of the list Mm -hmm. as far as maternal um, and neonatal outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're not doing something right. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what the care looks like in other countries, it's midwifery led. So, like, if you were to look at the U.K., they have five to six times more midwives than obstetricians.
1: That's so crazy to even think about. Just from where we are, you know? Oh,
0: absolutely. Right. So we're, like, the opposite of that. mm -hmm. But... You know, everyone starts with a midwife there. Mm -hmm. And if you need a physician, you know, maybe you have a high-risk pregnancy or some complication occurs, then you get referred on by your midwife to a physician. And they're managing, you know, surgical cases and more high-risk care. Um, But midwives, you know, are sort of the ones that um, are doing low-risk birth. I actually had the chance to kind of train in a practice that was sort of modeled that way, where they had um, physicians and midwives under one roof, and the midwives would do all the initial visits and kind of decide, like, do you need a a physician? Do you need a higher level of care? Um, Or are you uh, more appropriate, like a low risk woman that could benefit from midwifery care. And of course the patients had options, you know, some of them wanted to to stay with a, a midwife and some of them wanted to have a physician. Um, so some options came in into it, but um, you know, in other countries when the physicians are there to kind of just manage the pathology, and complications, those women who are very healthy and just trying to have normal birth don't fall through the cracks. right? And it's sort of a problem, too, of um, education. You know, your doc doesn't have time to sit at your bedside and talk to you about breastfeeding because he's got to go do robotic surgery. Mm -hmm. So he's just way overqualified for something that a midwife, like, is an expert in normal.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and so that makes sense because I'm guessing in these other places midwifery isn't seen as a threat. You know, Mm -hmm. OBs aren't threatened by a midwife's presence. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, when midwifery was wiped out, Mm -hmm. now that it's kind of resurging, it seems to me, and obviously I'm not in the hospital like you were or what you have seen, but it seems to me like sometimes there's more of like a a power struggle or Mm -hmm. a feeling of threat Mm -hmm. because that is, you know, the OB takes care of everything and now... Mm -hmm with midwives kind of resurging, it's like, oh, whoa, this was, this was my turf.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot that plays into that as well. Um, the first thing that always comes to mind for me is money. You know, um, that was a big part of why our hospital owned birth center closed last year was, So insurance reimbursement, the payers weren't reimbursing hardly anything for a birth that happened in the birth center, Mm. but they would pay like four times more for the same thing that happened within the walls of the hospital. So they just said, we'll just deliver everyone in the hospital. Wow. And it's like, well, um, actually women just don't want that. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like a community service. We were never supposed to make tons of money delivering in the birth center, um, but that was sort of the the deciding factor was mm-hmm. that, well, we can make a lot more money if you just would do this in the hospital. Um, and so I think that, you know, money kind of drives a lot of that where like a physician can bill a lot for a normal birth and, you know, still then go do the robotic surgery. So, and, and some obstetricians don't really want to give that up. They don't want to consider themselves you know, just an expert in pathology. They want to do, kind of do it all. And and birth is kind of nice. It's It's, pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. So if you're not somebody that loves operating room or, you know, so um, there's probably a lot of contributing factors. So when we talk about, um, you know, the United States
1: having so much less midwifery care compared to these other places, do you know what the actual statistics are on that? Like how often is it that a midwife is...
0: overseer of a birth so in America today 10% of births are attended by midwives Mm. Um, but that can look very different across um, state to state like in Alaska it's I think over 30% and then places like the Pacific Northwest um, and New England Vermont those kind of places um, utilize midwives a lot more than like, say the South mm. where we are, <laughs> <Same All> us. <laughs> us. Yeah. South Carolina is doing better. Um, but the lowest utilization integration of midwives is going to be in the South. So, um, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, those places are like one, two, three percent or less. Mm. Um, and you can actually look at a map of birth outcomes by state and overlay that with midwifery care, integration of midwives, and where there is more midwifery care and more midwives practicing, you have better outcomes. Of course. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Wow. That, that is really, I mean, it totally makes sense, but... It's interesting to think about that, and then you compare that with the number of people who are giving birth at home. Do you know what that's like, compared, like in the United States, compared to the UK and mm-hmm. other Westernized places? Are they giving birth at home still more, or are they, is it more midwifery within the hospital?
0: Yeah, they are giving birth at home more. So, so, um, like, let's say. I think the highest rates of home birth globally are in the Netherlands. Um, and I want to say it's maybe half and half. I would have oh. to look that up. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so like here in America, we have 1% of births that are happening outside of the hospital or planned home births in the home, um, which is, really kind of nothing it's close to zero (laughs) yeah about as close to zero as you can you can get Um, so most of the midwives American midwives work in the hospital Um, and then yeah so globally not only do they have more midwives they just also have more options where you can decide you know that you want to have a home birth with your midwife and then perhaps if you need to transfer that midwife just goes with you into the hospital and where here, you know, usually the home birth midwives don't have hospital credentials where they can follow you in and continue care. Um, so that's sort of a issue too. When I, when I say integration of midwives, there's, there's sort of that disconnect between out of hospital and hospital birth. Right. I definitely have noticed that with
1: some of the moms that have been interviewed for the podcast, the mm-hmm. ones in Ireland and in Canada, mm-hmm. there's definitely more of a... An integration of like, mm-hmm. oh this midwife can come to my home and if everything's low risk, we're good. She can also follow me into the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's just so foreign to me. Like the idea of that possibility is like, what? <laughs> and
0: it's, it's also consumer driven there, like the duty of care where the woman just has to say, I'm not going to come to the hospital. Well, mm-hmm. then the provider does have to come to her because right. that's the duty of care, you know? And, and so here it's like, well, um, tough, <laughs> good, <laughs> good luck, <laughs> you know, where, where there's no um, ownership unless, you know, you're playing by their rules. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, as we wrap this up, what
1: are your final thoughts? You know, what, where do you see midwifery going
0: here in the next 10, 20 years? So it's not going away, which is good. Um, And I think that, you know, we have seen sort of some trends like, in favor of midwifery. So the profession is enjoying a lot of growth and becoming more mainstream where it's not considered so just like off the beaten path or, um, so hard to come by, but we do have a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it just depends on the day, how encouraged I feel about it. You know, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, man, like we're just, this is, the work is so urgent and everything is the worst, you know? Mm-hmm. And then other times I'm like, man, we're really getting some things right here. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I guess that's just life in the trenches okay. and I do hope to, at the end of my career, be able to look back and, and feel like, um, that I have seen, us come a long, long way for the benefit of moms and babies.
1: I love that. And I'm so grateful for your journey that you shared with us at the beginning. You know, how you definitely were just destined to be a midwife and the way that that brought you to where you are now and all of the families that you have impacted and the lives that you have touched and are going to be touching with this practice that is blooming um, so I am so excited to have had you on the podcast, Janelle, and I definitely want you to come back because I feel like there are, I mean, we already, you already blew up my phone. Like I, I have you my list. I <laughs> have the list of what all we're talking
0: about, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy to chat with you. Um, and we'll do it again.
1: Such a lovely history lesson. As we head into this episode roundup, I've got a few things on my brain that I'd like to leave you with. The first thing I want to emphasize is the idea of encouraging the little ladies in our lives to embrace their healing and intuitive natures. What a spiritual gift and truly the best way to encourage this is to embrace it ourselves. Second, isn't it amazing how in a matter of just a few generations, our country lost so much birth wisdom? I'm grateful for the resurgence of midwifery, but how heartbreaking to think of where we could be now if circumstances had played out differently. Perhaps our outcomes wouldn't be so terrible. And finally, looking towards the future, we have a chance to make things better. We have the ability to speak out about the inexcusable rates of maternal and infant mortality. We have the ability to inform other moms of their options so that they're willing to speak out too. On a local level, this can be as small as sharing your birth choices and experiences with others. This is a perfect moment for me to give a huge thank you to all of the mothers who have so willingly shared their stories on this podcast. Thank you for inspiring other mothers and showing how beautiful and empowering birth can be. All right, friends, jump over to Paris Mountain Midwifery on Instagram to give Janelle a big hello and follow along as her practice flourishes. That's all I have for you today. See you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.